Hello and welcome to episode 19 of the NRL Fantasy Amateurs. It's Mark here with Ryan. Ryan, uh, mate, did you miss me yesterday? Yeah, mate, I was feeling very lonely and then I had to find out that you've been talking to other podcasters behind my back. Yeah, well, you know, I, I strayed. I was tempted by the dark side on Star Wars Day, May the 4th. Uh, but I'm uh, I'm back on the Revenge of the Fifth here in my uh, rifle home with the fantasy amateurs, uh, guys. Uh, just before we kick it off, I just want to shout out to uh, the boys at Talking League though for letting me come on. Uh, we're really interested in bringing you guys great fantasy content and working together rather than sort of going against each other to to sort of bring bring you guys the best information. So if you liked the collaboration podcast that we did last night. Hit it up, hit hit TK up, and we'll uh, we'll see if we can make it more of a regular thing for you, mate. Uh, I reckon we just dive straight into this team list because we're already running late on this week, twenty four hours. Damn, tell you what, employers wanting their pound of flesh, let me tell you. But we're uh, we're kicking off on Thursday night, which is tomorrow, with the extremely depleted Rabbitohs up against the Storm. So this is a, an Aldi backline if I've ever seen it with. Uh, <laughs> With Gagai, really the only guy in their first choice one, oh, Gagai and Walker in their one to seven in the right positions. Uh, obviously, Johnson's normally on the wing, but we're getting a bit of mail through the late mail, and I guess this is one of the good things of recording a day late, that uh, they're looking at having Dargan or Hawkins come into the halves, pushing Cody Walker back to fullback with one of the uh, the wingers there dropping out and Johnson going onto the wing. Yeah, well, it tends to make sense. Like that was my first thought before Teamless dropped that uh, either like Dargan would come into the halves. But yeah, I mean Cody at fullback seems to be working all right. Um, and, and yeah, it's just a, such a depleted one to five, isn't it? Uh, yeah, but we got the return of Braden Burns finally. Yeah, mate. He, uh, he for those of you guys that are new, Braden Burns was really really good uh, for a couple of weeks, and can't remember who it was. I think it was uh, Oscar Sob in the uh, Facebook group brought up that he was going to be a good buy and we were all thinking he was the Messiah or something and then he ripped his hemi in half. So, uh, yeah, it was a sad time. It's good to see him back. Obviously, we're not going to be buying him. It's just going to be more of a nostalgic thing, I think, for most of us. Mm. Uh, outside of that, obviously, for the Rabbitohs, Colin Matungi is on fire recently. Yeah, I heard I heard you guys talking about him last night, about how he's uh, sort of been coming into the middle um, at times because... Yeah, he'd been a bit poor, I suppose, like more poor than what we thought he was when um, when he was first getting those edge roles. But, yeah, he's really picked it up in, in the last couple of weeks. So I'm sure there's a few owners out there who probably sold after his uh, two weeks off of that suspension. And, yeah, he's just been really kicking on the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I guess the danger is obviously he represents a really nice price point. Uh, and the, having the jewel there helps. He's not playing round 13, but I guess for people that are playing overall, uh, playing head-to-head, that doesn't really matter. Uh, scores have been looking really good. Do you think maybe that it's coincided with Benji Marshall being in the house full-time, though? Yeah, you're, you're probably right in that regard because I suppose uh, with no... Uh, Cody Walker? With, yeah, with, with their spine being depleted, you don't have uh, uh, Benji Marshall doing the the most of them by and pinching a, a bunch of middle minutes, do you? Mm, no, that's true. And, mate, he seems to be floating to the middle when Jacob Host comes on. If you have a look at his numbers over the last two weeks compared to the first four, his tackle count's definitely up, which would incline me to believe he's playing in the middle. Also, his metres are up by about 50 as well. So it's it's all base stats, but I'm just wondering if maybe it's sustainable, and I don't know if it is. There is the try assists in there as well, which he's got three, three try assists in two games. I'm not... 
100% sure that that part of it's sustainable, but if he's going to be in this role, even through the origin period, they're not going to have Arrow, they're not going to have Murray. Uh, you'd be inclined to think that maybe he might actually make some good price rises. He's got the base break-even of, of uh, single digits. So, I mean, if you are going to get him, this is the week. Yeah, I'll try, try to suggest part of his base, mate. He's a... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> He's a halfback. We all knew it. Um, yeah, no, I, I think if, if you're going to be buying him, you want to get on this week. Um, yeah, after that, uh, I think it's probably a little bit too late. I, I tend to agree with you there. Yep, and obviously we know uh, the key indicator for fantasy football performance is having a bad haircut, so <laughs> he's, uh, he's good. Matt, I've seen a couple of people talking about Jai Arrow. Uh, I, I, I'm assuming, being that you and I have a similar uh, mind meld with our fantasy thoughts we haven't discussed this but arrow's not a buy is he uh i mean i'd love him to be a buy because we've, we've seen it in the past room at, at the gold coast um because I, th- I think people's reasoning for him being a buy is that they think he's going to slot straight into those cam murray minutes uh which is certainly possible but given that murray only played 16 minutes last week and we only saw arrow play what 43 i, I just 43. yeah I, I have a hard time believing that unfortunately wayne is interested in playing him in that big minute uh, lock roll no, I, I'm seeing pretty obvious here that host comes on. Colin Matungi spends some time in the middle there. Uh, Knight can play 40-odd minutes. Same with Mark Nichols. They'll cover those minutes, not a worry, while Murray's out. So, yeah, I'm, I'm expecting 45 to 50 minutes for 40 points for Jairo, uh, which obviously leaves him firmly not as a buy. Mate, on the other side of the ball, another week without Pappenhausen. They basically confirmed that he's going to be back next week. So anyone that mistakenly sold him last week, I guess it's going to feel justified for a week, even though I personally think that's going to turn out to be a mistake. But if you still are holding him and you're thinking about selling, obviously not going to sell this week. No, if you've held him this long, now that you see the light at the end of the tunnel, he's back next week. Uh, yeah, because you can't you can't do anything about the last two weeks. Like if you sold him the very first week he was out, okay, maybe you, you might have got away with it there. But if you've already held him to, for the last two weeks, uh, you, you can't do that. It's one week. If if you had a gun that was out one week, you wouldn't be selling him. No, you know? um, Yeah, so, so just keep holding. Yeah, you know what he is. You know he's going to be a top three wing fullback. Um, and yeah, just can't wait for him to be back next week. Yeah, and it's a good lesson for people that did sell him. Uh, I just want to point out that I'm pretty sure all of you traded him to Kalen Ponga two weeks after ago after that 100. How are you feeling about Kalen Ponga's scores the last two weeks? Jake Avarillo scored him two weeks in a row, outscored him two weeks in a row. <laughs> yeah. etch, etch this into your memory. Don't sell keepers. <laughs> yes, well done. Particularly not elite number one in the position gun keepers that are only out for two to three weeks. Don't mm. do it. Uh, I guess outside of that, in the storm, Munster, <laughs> Munster was on the treadmill for about 45 minutes there and somehow managed to scrape out a good score. Uh, obviously, if you got him, you're just holding him through to round 13 and then assessing your options, aren't you? Yeah, I tend to agree. But, yeah, there was a few uh, Munster owners panicking at halftime. Wasn't <laughs> I think he had, like, what, seven missed tackles at halftime. He was on about zero. I don't he was think on I've the Corey Harawiranara defence plan. Oh, wasn't he? Yeah, I haven't seen a, a, a zero from Cameron Munster and a half, uh, I, I think, in my life before. But, yeah, no, definitely just keep holding him for now. He's still scoring quite well. The fact that he put out that duck egg and still managed to finish on 30, um, yeah, I think it just speaks to uh, his, his elite status, apart from his goal kicking. That's about the only thing that's oh, left to be mate. desired. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Gal's a better goal kicker. <laughs> Yeah, but um, no, if you got him, just hold him straight around 13 and then assess your options for there if you're an overall player. Uh, outside of that, 
Welch, it's probably time to move him on with the full forward bench. Harry Grant playing 70 minutes at Hooker and uh, Brandon Smith back to lock as well. So he's uh, – what's his break-even looking like this week? Do you know? Yeah, old, uh, old, my doppelganger is break-even's 46. So, yeah, yeah so, it's right on the number. Cool. All right, great. Uh, good time to sell. I reckon we move on to the next game. Oh, yeah. Harry Grant. Um, mm. Yeah, I got asked this question last night about – about selling, where, where are your thoughts? Because I said I'm probably not going to be looking at him till round 18. Um, yeah. Given Bellamy's tendency to rest players and, you know, he could play 50 minutes the week after Origin and, and absolutely ruin his price rises again, you know? Yeah, I, I, honestly, I thought your answer was spot on um, on the Talking League podcast. So basically, in, in short, I know that was your favourite saying, um, <laughs> he, <laughs> he um, even though he's back to this big minute role now, like you said, Bellamy loves to to rest players over that origin period. And we, I think we're all expecting Grant to be the starting nine for Queensland. And if that's the case, you'd have to think he's playing at least 50 to 60 minutes um, starting the game. Yeah, and we know Bellamy has a tendency to rest. So, yeah, you're right. I, I think uh, hold off until after origin. Yeah. Uh, I'm very comfortable sort of looking at him and Cook after origin and, and picking whichever one I prefer Come uh, come that time, I think. Uh, moving on to the next game, which should be a nice close one. <laughs> <laughs> Panthers and Sharkies out at uh, Blue Bet Stadium in Penrith. So uh, one more week without Momorowski for my fellow Momorowski holders. Uh, did, you, did you sell him or are you holding? No, no comment. No comment, which means you sold him um, to Ben Hampton probably. <laughs> no, nah, even worse, mate. Even worse. <laughs> I sold him to Zach Lomax. Oh, no. Yeah, I did try to talk you out of that too. Anyway, I won't rub it in too much. Uh, mate, to Abby, Abby Corusile, successful return, but uh, 43 in 60 minutes. Uh, makes sense, obviously, Ivan letting him sort of build up the match fitness while they got the guys there. Uh, he's going to probably work his way back to playing 80 minutes, uh, mm. but in the, in the meantime, a not, couple of nice price drops for us. Oh, no, I'm so excited. I've got him penciled in for probably about two weeks' time. Uh, hopefully he's back playing 80 by then. Because, I mean, a lot of people – I saw a couple of people panicking that – or, you know, writing him off saying that, oh, he's not an 80-minute hooker because, um, you know, Tyron May's on the bench pinching minutes. But, like, Tyron May was on the bench. Mitch Kenny was playing 80, you know. Like, you, you've yeah. got to think it's just working back to match fitness. It was his first game in over a month. Um once he's back to eight, and like seeing that 40 and 60 minutes is perfect. Like that, you know, that's what you want to see because yeah. that shows that he, it's still there for him. Um, and once he's back to 80, he looks a great buy. Yeah, exactly. Another 15 points in 20 minutes based on the projection and then he's at 58, somewhere thereabouts, and you're really happy with the scores. So, yeah, no, definitely just keep an eye on him for now. Uh, Spencer Lenny is an interesting one because obviously a lot of people got him. Um, I think we both managed to avoid him. He's only playing 20 minutes a game at the moment, although he's scoring sort of 30 points. Uh, given his low price point uh, and they're likely to lose Isaiah Yo and Kurt Capewell as well as a couple of guys from their back line for origin, you're, are you sort of inclined to hold him through 13 and then sell after that or...? Yeah, I, I tend to agree. He hasn't made a whole lot of money, but at, at the same point, he's not really going backwards either. Um, generally, a lot of teams have other issues going on in the, in their sides right now, and there are other like red dots you can afford to be trading out. Um, I, I think he's worth holding just for the meantime. But, I mean, if you've got no other problems either, I can see why you might want to move him on to another cash cow. 
Yeah, no, definitely. Like, if you can go across to a guy like Sini or something like that, I'd I'd look at it. But he's at the moment he's a warm body that might be better than playing mm. sixteen. So yeah, like most most teams have like a Tessie New they could trade out, you know. Yeah, something like that. Yep. Uh, outside of that, obviously we've got a really nice pod emerging here, Dylan Edwards. Uh, I brought him up on the podcast last night, but I'm really keen to hear your thoughts on him uh, as a as an option here. I know we've got two guys there, Edwards and Brimson, sort of in a similar price bracket, except obviously there's a chance that Brimson will play Origin. I'd say uh, the Dylan Edwards is a 0% chance for Origin. Um, what do you thought about what are your thoughts I'm, about Edwards? I'm fairly certain I brought him up on the podcast last week. Uh, I, I think he's a, a great buy, and, a, and I've definitely recommended it to people on, in our Facebook group if I haven't uh, mentioned it on the podcast. But I think he's definitely underpriced. Um, you know, we had that injury game. He, he managed 43 and 41 against Melbourne um, in 41 minutes, I should say, against Melbourne. Um, yeah, I think he represents tremendous value, and especially looking at uh, the Penrith's run over the coming bye weeks. I know their schedule does get a little bit tougher towards the end, but I mean, not drastically. Like they don't have a whole lot of uh, like a particularly tough schedule this season, Penrith. Um, and and you have to think with a team scoring as many points as Penrith, Dylan Edwards is going to be in and around the tries and the try involvements. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it's it's really easy uh, matchup-wise when you don't have to play the best team in the league because you are the best team in the league. Yeah, that helps. Yeah. Um, mate, on the other side of the ball, actually, I uh, almost forgot about this guy because he didn't score very well this week, Nathan Cleary. <laughs> Congratulations, Ryan, on uh, being the man that was capable of bringing Cleary down as well. Yeah, no, I've, uh, I've, I've taken one for the team and you can you can all thank me later. Well done. I'd really like to get you to join the Facebook group of people that don't own Cleary just so I can give you a proper thanks <laughs> while they all, uh, yeah, chastise oh, you for buying him. So. I, I wouldn't thank you. I wouldn't thank me yet. He's probably going to put 100 on this Cronulla sort. Nah. Yeah, well, it, it, he could. So, yeah, I'd, I'm just going to enjoy it while I can because it's the only week I've been able to enjoy not owning Cleary this entire year. So. <laughs> Uh, mate, on the other side of the ball, Chambers did pretty much exactly what we thought he was going to do, which is not a lot. And mm. um, I, although some people were floating him as a potential buy, obviously he's not. Uh, Chad's officially, uh, if you didn't sell him last week, he's kind of an emergency sell now, isn't he? Yeah, he's, yeah, he seems like. I mean, if you did hold him like myself, uh, you did manage to get a 49 out of him at least. But, yeah, it's definitely time to sell. His, the kick meters are, are completely gone. Um yeah, it's it's time to say goodbye. Unfortunately, baby, come back. <laughs> uh, Sean Johnson's another one we need to put onto our watch list. He's a bit quiet. Uh, but sharks aren't really playing that well at the moment, but definitely someone to keep an eye on, mate. Uh, with this Braden Hamlin Ueli injury for eight to ten weeks with the uh, pretty high grade syndesmosis, uh, is there anyone from this sharks pack that's potentially going to benefit? Um, I mean, it's tough to say because I, I know a couple of people were uh, talking about, you know, some of these bench forwards like like a Magulius, but um, Ueli got pretty, like, injured pretty early last week and he, Magulius didn't really see an uptick in minutes. It was more just Tolman and Woods playing 60. Um, so, I mean, <laughs> if you wanted to jump so on I, a I, whole boy. I, I, re- I redirect you to my question. <laughs> uh, is Aiden Tolman a buy? <laughs> Um, 
I'd lean no. Uh, I mean, he played 66 minutes last week and only scored 48. Um, Against the Storm, though. Yeah, no, true. true, Any other player that wasn't Aiden Tolman, you'd be giving him five points. Mind you, he didn't miss a single tackle. That was 100% base stats, 36 and 124. Mm, Yeah. I mean, I I can see why you would consider him, but at the same time, like, it's only another 40K to David Clemmer and you know you don't have to trade him out. Oh, theoretically. Theoretically. I, yeah. yeah. I, for the record, I also prefer Clemmer. I'm just rustling your jimmies a little bit. But uh, for somebody that couldn't afford there and was looking for a little bit of a budget, he's certainly a pod. I can tell you from experience that it is not enjoyable to own him. <laughs> he's uh, not fun to watch. He is not fun at, to watch. But at 550K, someone that can consistently pump out 50s uh, in the mid position might be worth a look. So they don't play the first play either. Probably just forget about it. Just don't even uh, don't do it. Yeah, let's do that. Just get, the- his, get his older brother, Jake Turbo, or his younger <laughs> brother, Jake Turbo. Um, I don't want to talk about the Sharks anymore. I might move to the next game. Uh, so that's the Eels versus the Roosters, who are just slowly being uh, decimated into oblivion again this year. Uh, so firstly with the Eels, Nathan Brown's been named despite copying that with what looked like a, an Achilles or something. He was just... We thought he was gone for the year, and, and sure, lo and behold, he's named the next week. So hip pointer injuries, one to three weeks. Uh, he's one of the toughest players in the NRL, so I won't be surprised if he's just forcing his way. But I think maybe that Brad Arthur might give him a tap on the shoulder and say, mate, look, titles aren't won in round nine. Mm. Uh, in that event, what are we thinking, Sean Lane back to the edge or Cardi onto the edge and, and Papa to lock? Or are we just thinking one of these bench forwards to start, like a Cafusi or something? Yeah, I think that would be the, the thing that would make most sense, wouldn't it, having uh, Papa Lee back into the middle? Um, I mean, that said, he's been killing it on an edge. Uh, mm. I, I don't know, maybe you stick Bryce Cartwright in the ball playing role lock. He's been, he's been going all right too. The Cardi party. <laughs> Shout out to my younger brother, Peter, who literally messaged me when we hit record saying, please talk about Cardi on the pod because I'm considering buying him. <laughs> so, mate, what would have to happen for you to want to buy Bryce Cartwright? <laughs> oh, God. I'd, I'd like him to start, for starters. Okay. Um, so let's say starting this week. He's averaging yeah, 40, 46 points. Yeah, I mean... Oh, God. Does this new style of attacking football suit Bryce Cartwright? I mean, you, you could definitely make that case, couldn't you? Because you spoke about how these, uh, you know, these sort of larger edge players that can bust a tackle and throw an offload. How I think you spoke about that pretty early on in the year about how these rules it seems like are going to benefit those players. Um, yeah, it's just is is that average sustainable? Knowing that he's only you know playing around that forty five to fifty minute role. Um, so I guess he's, across his three games where he didn't play the two two minutes five points, mm. uh, five minutes two points, he's averaging sixty point three mm. in fifty minutes. Games. Yeah, in yeah. forty. Yeah, yeah, maybe not even fifty. So yeah, with one try. So it's a lot of attacking stats in there. Like we got. Five tackle bus, three tackle bus, but you know he made thirty eight tackles in that game. They lost to the Dragons. Uh, he's kind of finding a way to score points, and I mean, uh, I certainly don't want to buy him, but he's going to play round thirteen with Junior Paulo more than likely out. 
uh, probably get another start there. Um, I don't want to write him off just because of his name, I guess, is where what I'm getting at. Uh, I don't know. He's just he's also like so awkwardly priced. Like he's nearly five hundred K as well, and you don't really know what you're buying. Um like we, we can see his, his attacking stats there, but at the same time, like like what's his role? Like, yeah, he might start this week, but how long's Nathan Brown gonna be out for? You know, like you said one to three weeks. So um But so they play the Roosters this week, which, you know, given they're a bit depleted, and then they go into the Warriors Manly uh Rabido's team that's likely to be still without players. The Knights in the the buy round, West Tigers, Bulldogs. So you got maybe a seven or eight game window where you could do a cash smash round thirteen player and then move him on to a genuine keeper later. It's it's certainly risky. I, I I'll put it this way: if you uh, don't have any illusions about uh, where you're going to finish this year and you just want to have a little bit of fun with it. <laughs> it could be could be a, a, a smoky little uh, something something to little either make you really happy or really unhappy while you're watching football, and you know sometimes you need those guys. Is this the first candidate for your new segment idea? <laughs> no, I've got I've got the new segment candidate already. Except I've had a bunch of people ask me about him already, so I don't know it's like maybe I'm. But people are asking it like Bryce Cartwright, Tom Starling, like you know it's like. These guys, they look silly, but you know, like I can see where you where you arrived at before you decided to do that. So, I, I think if you want to have a little bit of fun with it and have a YOLO, I won't mm. talk anybody out of it. But yeah, I, I, yeah. I certainly am not going to do it. But uh, <laughs> more power to you if you feel so inclined. It would not surprise me if he scored sixty five or six this week. You know, you know who he is. He's the new uh, Isaiah Papali'i. Remember how he was playing like fifty minutes off the bench, and you yes. were like, <laughs> yes, he is. You know, it's um, you know, they've got a they've got a uh, an outside back there as well. So I mean, Kafusi's uh, not a big minute player. Uh, Sean Lane's done nothing really to justify getting big minutes. So um, you know, Junior Paul has fallen off a cliff. I uh, I thought I did think it was funny. Somebody asked about players being rested, and I said, "Oh, I don't think Junior Paul has a chance of being rested because he's been resting all season." <laughs> uh <laughs> Uh, mate, uh, yeah. So, uh, I'd love, I'd love somebody to send me a, uh, a screenshot of their team where they're trading Cartwright in this week. That would make me really happy, but I'm not going to do it. Your brother will though. Yeah, he will. Now that he's, that's all the ammunition that he needs. <laughs> um, all right. On the recent side of the ball, Tedesco's back with the second largest B this week after Nathan Cleary, probably. Um, mate, outside of that, obviously we've lost Brett, Brett Morris for the year. Ikevalu is a very handy replacement though. I have to think at some point we're going to get a glimpse of Suwali, but neither Manu or Josh Morris are really wingers. So I don't think it's going to be this week. Yeah. Uh, I think it'll probably be a game that Teddy doesn't play from now where uh, Manu shifts to fullback and Suwali plays. Yeah, I think Robbo, like he's he's pretty smart with these young guys. So you got to keep him on. He's not even eighteen yet. I, I think he's going to slowly nurse him into first grade. Maybe give him the odd game at fourteen and ease him in. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, um, similar to what Nathan Brown's been saying about Reese Walsh about how he doesn't want to play him all the time. I, I feel like don't upset the fans this early in the podcast, <laughs> mate. We've still got a long way to go. I don't want to like rage quitting the podcast because you you're trash talking that boy. 
Uh, no, nah, but I, I just think Sawali, he'll get his chance, but I don't know if he's going to get his chance to be a cash cow this year unless there's more injuries, obviously. Um, I'm just hoping he doesn't you know, play that one game, score like 45 points and ruin his price for next year. Mm. Mate, outside of that, uh, Roos's side of the ball, we got uh, no Sam Verrills, who's semi-detached his retina, which sounds not very ideal. Uh, so we got Marshke back in, Adam Kieran in the 14, and um, mate, Takiaho, anyone that was forced to hold him through the uh, through the chaos has been rewarded with what looks to be a really light-on bench. Yeah, I mean, firstly about Verrills, can we just get him in like the Horace Grant uh, glasses and just get him out there? Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, no, Takiaho, uh, you know, he's, he's lost goal kicking now, but uh, you'd assume he's probably going to be getting at least 50 minutes a week given how many forward injuries they've got. Um, yeah. I, like, I wouldn't, I think anyone who sold him still made the right choice, but at the same time, if you've been forced to hold him now, I, I don't think he's an urgent sell. Yeah, no, I'd just be hanging on to him through the buy period now and um, coming out the other end and minor keeper after Origin. But maybe it's something like a perfect thing to stash some cash have you around 17 Takiyaho and then trade him to a Harry Grant or something like that. Obviously, you're going to have to bank some money for that, but hopefully maybe not too much. So, um, mate, the other thing is Lockie Lamb down there in 20. Uh, won't be surprised to see him come in for Hutchinson or even come in for Marshke or Kieran with Hutchinson moving back to the sort of relief hooker role type thing that he was doing at the start of the year. So, yeah. Possibly. I mean, I don't think Hutchinson's been that, been that bad, though, like being that experienced sort of guy next to Walker. Do you think Robbo would want a guy like Lachlan Lamb who, who isn't that experienced himself next to Sam Walker? I, I don't know. Yeah, maybe it's, may, but maybe it's just a season to go, you know what, we're just going to blood all these young guys while we can mm. and, and get it all working. Because so, ultimately it's going to be Kiri next year. Mm. But, um, yeah, no, it's uh, be interesting anyway. Probably mo- either way, not that fantasy relevant. So. Yeah. Mate, uh, her team is fantasy relevant at the moment. They Sam Walker's just going absolute great guns, isn't he? What was that like? Eighty-eight. He got on the weekend. Eighty-eight. Uh, yeah. And we were wondering if we could trust him in the seventeen after his twenty-seven, and he comes out with an eighty-eight. I still, I still don't trust him in the seventeen. Oh, me either. Especially run, <laughs> running into the eels this week. But... Yeah, and and uh, trying to defend Isaiah Papali'i. Oh no. Yeah, it could be bad. I, honestly, like Dead said, if you have a if you ha, if you have the ability to do the loop with Walker this week, do it. I don't have enough healthy players for that. Yeah. So, uh, mate, moving on to the Joe Tarpany Cup, uh, the Canberra Raiders versus the Newcastle Knights, uh, which is uh, Raiders. Um, Williams been named, uh, but they've got Sam Williams sitting down there in eighteen as cover. Uh, Papali'i is back and Ryan James is out. Outside of that, team looks the same. So, uh, mate, uh, two questions for you. Mm-hmm. Is Elliot Whitehead the best half that the Raiders have on their roster? <laughs> oh, I mean, they've got the wrong English halfback starting, don't they? <laughs> it seems to me that he's clearly the best half on that team. Uh, and the other side of the question is uh, who taught Carl... Corey Harawiranaro how to defend. Who uh, who taught him how to give away penalties? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I didn't even know they were calling penalties still. But yeah, yeah. I thought no, I, oh, yeah, I thought penalties were outlawed in 2021. I didn't know that that was possible. 
Yeah, he's been to the James Maloney Dylan Napa School of Tackling recently. I don't know what happened to him, but we did highlight that in our socials during the week that he is a uh, he is a, a liability demerit wise, and he's liable to score a hundred or twenty two. Mm. So uh, obviously, he had one of his low weeks, and it's not to say that you need to bench him, but he's another good candidate candidate for a loop slot. Maybe a perfect one if you could run a Sam Walker, Harrow, and Ira one in an ideal world. But I'm guessing. With a lot of teams, they won't have that luxury this week. Uh, yeah, yeah, certainly. Yeah. And I still think he's a good buy as well. He's just you, you've got to like like we even said it on the uh, podcast last week. You got to take the the highs with the lows. He is a roller coaster. Yep. Uh, on the other side of the ball, we've got the Miff Kalen Ponga, who's had two bad scores in a row for everybody that traded Pappenhausen to him. Uh, outside of that, Clemmer looks to have pretty much bottomed out. Uh, and um, the back three of Frizzell, Barnett, and Watson all scoring pretty well. Yeah, uh, you, I know you've been talking of David Clemmer, and he plays that first round 13 buy, assuming he's not picked for origin. Um, is he someone you're targeting uh, as a buy candidate in the coming weeks? Uh, personally, I don't have him because I've got only got two more sort of guys that I'm able to, to trade out, and I'm looking at Madison and Coruscant. Uh, but for somebody that's looking for someone a bit cheaper, I could absolutely he's, – he's one that you could do this week. No worries. So, yeah, yeah no, definitely worth having a look. Obviously, Braille is scoring really well, and Kurt Mann's the other one who's really interesting. Yeah, he is, especially now with uh, Blake Green gone for a month. Uh, we know that uh, Mitch Pierce he's still gone for a while, isn't he, with that, that peck? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, because we, we know he's a great running half. He's just uh, added kick meters and stuff. Like he's added some more base stats in those kick meters and it's just boosted his average. Um, you know, we, we spoke about earlier, and I think we said earlier in the season, this is a Kurt Mann appreciation podcast uh, yep. after, his, after his efforts last year. So I couldn't begrudge anyone for taking a crack. But at the same time, uh, given that he's what? He's 600K now. Like that's the exact same as Jamal Fogarty. I, if you don't have either, I still think I'd lean towards Fogarty given that he's a candidate for a final team keeper versus, man, you're going to have to get rid of him once Miss Pierce is back. Yep, absolutely, particularly considering most people are going to have Cleary as well, so you can't have 93,000 halves in your team. Mm. Also, uh, Tex Hoy's there on the reserves as well. He's liable to come in for anybody as well, so and he, he does have a good boot on him as well. Mm. Yeah, certainly. Uh, moving along to the West Tigers versus Titans. Uh, Tigers played really good. Titans played very bad. Uh, Dane Laurie did fantastically. And Zach Sini, my boy, <laughs> the man, the uh, the best and worst at the same time haircut in rugby league at the moment. And uh, it translated to a quality fantasy performance. Yeah, didn't he just? Uh, he had a great debut, and how good was it seeing his mates in the oh, top quarter cheering him on? Yeah, and you got on very early. You were on ahead of the curve, um, mm. as you usually are, mate. You're, you're just too good like that. Uh, <laughs> I take risks, and I don't tell people when I, when I stuff it up. No, I do, actually. Um, uh, my, but that was my glory trade for this year. I, was gonna, I had Ben Hampton locked in all week, and then right at the last minute, I looked at it and I went, Nah, I'm going to save that 150k and get Sini because I'm not going to be using him very much anyway. And lo and behold, Hamden's gone, and uh, I'm living the life of glory. With uh, I actually have to choose who I'm going to play in my centres this week. Oh God, yeah, uh, isn't that just like the uh, just the perfect example of two roads you could go down? Um, 
yeah. you know, because me, I was uh, luckily, I was, I'm one of the few, even though I'm a Hampton owner, I was one of the few that got on quite early, like back when he was mm. 290K. So he's at least still made me 140K. Um, that said, I also grabbed Lomax this week as well. So I've ended up with two injured centers to go with Kotrick, who's barely a center. Uh, <laughs> meanwhile, hey, you'll love. 30, he got 33 this week, mate. Leave him alone. That's his high score, mate. That's a huge score for him. Um, <laughs> Versus you, mate. You, you're, you're flying with your centers. You're you're in the luxurious position. Um, yeah. But you know that said, with Zach Senior, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people uh, asking about his job security. How would you rate it? Uh, Nine point five out of ten. Yeah, yeah. No, I, think, I, I tend to agree. I think when you're looking at when you okay, so I'm I'm going to give Madge a little bit of credit here because I've I've been negative towards him recently. Uh, when you look at what Senior did, and the big thing with Senior is. Sini looks like he wants to be busy, mm. whereas, you know, you got Roberts out there having a nap on the right centre. And Leilua wanted to be really busy this week, actually, credit to him. But, you know, previously he's sort of been a bit slack as well. they got Mbai there filling in. Um, Sini's also their backup fullback should anything happen to Laurie as well. So, mate, for me, I, uh, I think he's a, a smash trade-in. Don't even think twice about it. Uh, he's going to, assuming that he's still ticking along, going to get that jewel in round 12. And he's just a, he's a guy that, you know, you could really hold him all the way through to round 17 and then cash him out. And he's a nice sort of cash gal, positional cover, round 13 number. Like he ticks every single one of those boxes for me. Yeah, for sure. And I completely agree in regards to job security. I think it's important to remember that Moses and by Joey Leilua, Jimmy the Jet, they're not wingers. Um Kapoa is gone for the season. So really it's between Sini, Nofaluma and Talao for that for those two wing spots. You'd assume Nofaluma's not going anywhere. Talao I don't think is a winger. He has played there, but I don't think he's been particularly impressive. I think his best spot has been at center or even playing on the edge like he was doing earlier in the season. I think he mm-hmm. was quite impressive. Um so I tend to agree with you because I don't think Mbai's the long-term center. I think he'll go back to the bench. So I think in reality the positional battle is between the two center spots, between Leilua, Jet, and Talia. Yeah, um, mate, Zach Sini, uh, I sent a couple of stats through to people that were asking me about him. Mate, he was in a uh, Australian schoolboy side, and he outscored a couple of some of the really gun players at the moment. He's just an absolute weapon. And, you know, I think there'd be uh, there'd be a lineup to burn Leichhardt Oval down if they, uh, if they didn't pick him moving forward, judging by what we saw last week. Mm, yeah, 100%. And he was a part of that. Uh, I saw a lot of Panthers fans talking about that 2018 SG Ball Panthers side that's full of first graders now. Yep. Uh, mate, outside of that, obviously Simkin's a bit disappointing and he gets a little onto the bench. He's a prime candidate to go into a loop slot this week if you can do that. Uh, what's, what's your concern level 1 to 10 out of Simkin at the moment? Three, to be honest, I'm not that concerned. I mean, we saw this with uh, Mumbai last week. He stole like 25 minutes from Simkin. I don't think it's going to be any different this week. Like he's going to be a, a you know 50 to 55 minute hooker, um, and he'll probably score in the mid 30s. Uh, we just need to start getting that running game from him, and he's still got plenty of cash to make. You know, his his break even's six. Um, 
say he was to average 35 for the next three weeks, there's still another 60K to be made there. So I still think he's a, he's a hold candidate. If he can get that running game going, he's a chance at uh, getting some good attacking stats like we saw from Jacob Little before he got dropped. Um, that got his price moving. Um, and we even saw in the preseason Little and uh, Simpkin on the field at the same time. We've seen Simpkin and Mbai on the field at the same time. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that Little and Simpkin are on the field at the same time this week either. No, I think it's highly likely, if not more likely to happen than not that. So, mm-hmm. mate, Luke Brooks is back. <laughs> yeah, your boy. You're back with a huge score. I've been trying to sell him for weeks and I've been boxed into holding him and now I, uh, I'm i I'm holding him out of joy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't expect the Tigers to, to turn up last week against the Dragons. I just didn't know that. I didn't think they had that... Uh, that bounce back in them, but I guess they Madge must have played the podcast for them last week and heard you you oh, revving them up, mate. If I heard that, I would be embarrassed too. So, you know, I think hopefully I did that, and um, maybe I need to give the Cowboys another rev up this week because my uh, my rev ups from a couple of weeks ago seem to have worn off on them this week. But we'll uh, we'll get there, mate. On the other side of the ball, we got Tino back, and um, they lose. Who's the center there? They already lost Herbert, and then they lost another one. Oh, um, what's his ooh. name? Corey Thompson. Uh, yeah, because Tommy was playing center, so he's gone for the foreseeable future. They've uh, stolen Isan Masters from the Cowboys to uh, come onto the extended bench, and um, but Furmore was actually going to get the nod there in the centers. He played a bit there last year, so I'm not expecting a late change there. Uh, I think they'll probably run out one to seventeen, uh, mate. Uh, Brimson. Yeah, he's back. He's back. Seems to have recovered from the foot injury. We got some mail today uh, just before we came on that uh, Ash Taylor's going to be ruled out with Tana Boyd replacing him. And uh, all systems go for Jamal Fogarty, I think. Oh, yeah, that's exciting. I hadn't heard that. So, I mean, that's going to be great news for Fogarty's kick meters, you'd assume. Um, yeah. We've seen Fogarty with Boyd in the past and uh, it – basically doubles his kick meters at times. Um, yeah, and, and Brimson as well, he he's, looks quite good. I'd imagine uh, if you're in need for a wing fullback, I think he's a buy. Uh, you know, that said, if you're like some teams like myself, you've got a million wing fullbacks and you're probably not in the market. But, yeah, he looks good as well. Yep. Uh, so t- it, it's uh, it's actually this Taylor thing's an ongoing uh, problem from extending from his hip uh, issues he had in the offseason and last year. They said he's going to be ruled out. Uh, indefinitely, but they won't put a time frame on it, so he could be back next week, or he could be out for you know the season type of thing, just depending on how he heals. So uh, it it does bring an interesting question around Tana Boyd, who will uh, be there for round thirteen, assuming that Taylor's not there. He's super cheap, Tana Boyd. Uh, probably worth letting the dust settle on this Taylor stuff and sort of seeing what happens there before you go doing anything rash, though. I think. Yeah, I think you're right. And, I mean, we haven't seen – I mean, I, I guess, like, Boyd, he played two games this year and he managed a 25 in 68 minutes with a HIA and then a 42 in 80 against the Raiders. So, um, yeah, it seems like he'd have some value there. It's just – I mean, I guess that, that 40 uh, – thinking about it, that 42 in 80 minutes against the Raiders, it, that came when Fogarty got injured. So, I think he was doing a fair bit of kicking. So, um, I, I think he's a guy that you're going to be relying on a lot of uh, attacking stats. Uh, you might get 20 tackles in base stats, but outside of that, you're going to be relying on tackle busts and, and meters gain and stuff like that. So I think he's definitely one to wait and see. 
Yeah, and one way or another, his price isn't going anywhere in a hurry, so you can afford to just um, chill out a little bit and wait and see what happens, I think. Yeah. Uh, so uh, anyone that doesn't have Fogarty, he's a screaming buy at the moment. Uh, he's, uh, yeah, I think if you're looking at somebody, 600K on the nose, I think he is, isn't he? Yeah, spot on. Yep, lovely. So, yeah, definitely if you don't have him, seriously consider getting him in this week. And obviously Peachy and Fafita doing their stuff. Fafita's a little bit quiet, but I think that was a, uh, a really clever game plan by the Broncos and hopefully no other teams were watching that game. <laughs> yeah, we don't want him getting shut down again. Um, I mean, that said, like, he, he did nothing. I think it just speaks to how good he is because he did nothing all game and he still managed a 48, yep. which is his lowest score of the year because in years past, that would have been like a, a 38, you know? Yeah, correct. Yeah, so... Yeah, definitely. Uh, don't be dissuaded if you have the if you don't have Cleary and you want to put the C on him. If you if you feel that way inclined, I uh, wouldn't be dissuaded from that. Uh, I guess moving on to the next game, Cowboys Broncos. This should be fun. Uh, <laughs> Tamalolo doing uh, not very much aside from knocking out Ben Murdoch Masilla for everybody that owns him. Yeah. Uh, had a few couple of questions coming through about Cohen Hess. Uh, he's not somebody that's on your radar, is he? I think we uh, I briefly mentioned him when he was named a prop and then you instantly smacked me down and rightly so. Um, yeah, geez, yeah. looking at it now, he's played, he's what, averaging about 50 minutes and, and playing. Uh, oh, yeah, God. No, I, I don't think he's one I'd be targeting. Um, God, just grab uh, Bryce Cartwright and have some fun with your life. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, no. <laughs> So don't don't mess around with that. In fact, I'd go so far as to say I wouldn't be buying anybody on this Cowboys team. Uh, so I'm I'm ready to move on. If you are, uh, yeah, I can't see any buys there. <laughs> yeah, I can't handle it emotionally. Uh, J- Django's back though, so he actually was a little cash cow for a while there, but not recently. And don't do that to yourself either. Uh, on the other side of the ball, uh, Broncos are one to seventeen from last week on that team that uh, we thought was going to lose fifty nil, but then ended up trouncing the Titans, uh, which was with an impressive uh, performance from Asako, who I managed to have both Asako and Sam Walker, who both went one hundred and fifty plus in SuperCoach in my non-scoring seventeen for SuperCoach, so that was lovely. Um, <laughs> but we're not a SuperCoach podcast, uh, NRL fantasy podcast, mate. Tyson Gamble. Very impressive. Uh, I'm actually strongly looking at buying him this week uh, insofar as the fact is I haven't considered not buying him yet. So, mate, I want to give you an opportunity to talk me out of it before I tell you why I want to buy him. Well, I think you're going to be disappointed, mate, because to be honest, if I didn't have both my centres get injured, I'd probably be buying him myself as well. (laughs) Get out of my head. (laughs) <laughs> I dead said had him penciled into my plans until Sunday and I had Hampton and Lomax both go down within the space mm-hmm. of about an hour. Um, yeah, I, I think he looks good. To be honest, he played quite well. He brought a lot of confidence to the side. Um, and, I mean, we know that Deedon signed now with uh, the Cowboys. So you have to think he's out of the equation. So really all he's got to do is keep out Brody Croft. And as long as the Broncos are playing well, which I don't think is impossible, Um you have to think he's going to get a chance. Uh, that said, the Broncos do have Manly, Roosters and Melbourne on the horizon after the Cowboys. So, mm. yeah, uh, hopefully Kevy actually sticks with a Haas pairing for once. Mate, more to the point on that. I'm going to expand on that and I agree with everything you said. On top of that, Tony Staggs come out today. He's going to be signed on a multi-million dollar, multi-year deal to play 5-8. So 
They've basically signaled that they're not re-signing Anthony Milford. Uh, Tyson Gamble is exactly what this Broncos team needs. He is like down in the dirt, gritty. Uh, he's ready to punch somebody at a moment's notice. That's exactly what this Broncos team needs because they don't have it outside of that. Mate, the, the I've seen the thing like, you know, people saying on social media and, and comments on some other podcasts like, oh, Kevy doesn't know what he wants. No, Kevy knows exactly what he wants and he didn't get it from those other three duds and he got exactly what he wants from Tyson Gamble last week. Mm. And he would have to have an absolute nightmare to lose his spot, in my opinion, now. Uh, my favorite part as well, because I, I, uh, when I was listening to your appearance on the Talking League and um, and Corby was saying that every podcast says pedigree, but I was thinking back to last week was uh, Tyson Gamble doing the big Triple H, like arms up in the air screaming. If, if anyone's going to give a pedigree, it's going to be Tyson Gamble. Yeah, mate. I, I just I like his attitude and I like, yeah, like, you know, he's you can tell that he just cares about it. He's got a little bit of experience now. He's been playing his trade in, in Q Cup, but he doesn't have an ego. He's just a competitor. He's like the far less talented Tom Brady, you know, where they Michael Jordan, where they just have that, like, you know, the thing that makes them good is their their attitude. And maybe, like, he's not the most talented guy in the world. But, you know, this Broncos team has a lot of talent. Between, you know, Payne Haas, Jordan Rickey, Pangai Jr., Carrigan, they got points in them. What they need is somebody to actually grab them by the scruff of the neck and drag them through the mud to get them out the other side so they can actually put those points on. And that's exactly what I think he's he's in the team for. And I, I think he's a, a perfect player for this Broncos team that needs, desperately needs that. Yeah, spot on. And I mean, he's still, he's still what? I mean, he's only 270K, isn't he? So, yeah. I mean, if, even if you're like me and you can't afford to get on this week, like say he scores 40, he's still going to be below 310K. So um, yeah, there's no reason why you like me, you can't target him next week either. Yeah. So I'm running a loop. I'm just rolling Sam Walker out this week and yoloing it, and I'm rolling it, running a loop with um, Gamble and Simkin this week. So, mm. wish me luck. Uh, um, except we're, we're playing each other in yeah. our main head-to-head. So maybe I will, not. yeah, I will not be wishing you luck. <laughs> uh, outside of that, obviously, we've had a lot of questions about Pangai. We've been recommending him for a couple of weeks now. Definitely last week. Uh, obviously, everybody's going to be. They should be. Really happy with that one. And Payne Haas as well. He's a buy anytime you can afford to get him in as well, I think. Yeah. Uh, personally, I think I'll be waiting till after Origin to get Haas. There's just too many other guys I want to get right now. Like, like I'm, I'm bringing in Pango and myself this week. Um, and, and I'm targeting, similar to yourself, guys like Coruscant and Matto for the buy. And then once and- we're into Origin, um, I don't think it's unlikely that that Haas, if he doesn't miss a game, he might get reduced minutes. Like, I know it was two years ago now in a, under a different coach, but I saw um, after Payne's debut in Origin, he only played like 45 minutes the week after, and that was coming off the bench in Origin. So um, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he if he doesn't get a rest, he might play limited minutes. Yep, no, that's fine. And I'm okay with that for a week. I just mm. uh, I love owning him, so... Oh, yeah, I'm happy with it. But, yeah, definitely Pangai is probably the priority for me as well. If oh, Well, I got him last week. So, yeah. uh, mate, uh, into Sunday at 2 o'clock, Mother's Day, the only game on Mother's Day that's probably worth uh, watching, in my opinion. But we'll <laughs> we'll get to the last one when we get there. Uh, Turbo, really good score. Well, 50 in a uh, what I expected to be a tough matchup. I had the over-under on him at about 28 points. So, mate, a 50 was a welcome surprise for me. 
No, oh, he, he got about he got that twenty eight almost in that one player, and he ran the length of the field. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just goes to show how good he is. I just yeah, if he can stay healthy, this manly team, he can yeah, they they could easily be a, a contender. Um, you know, for the for the final, if not the finals, um, even with some of these other teams up, up the top, as long as Turbo stays healthy, I've never seen a player add so much to a team as what Turbo does. Because this this without him, this Manly side they were they were looking like wooden spooners. Yeah, he changes the line by about forty five points. Yeah, in any given week, so he uh, I think he just creates space for people around him. Uh, speaking of. <laughs> So it's been really interesting watching this uh, Kepi Olakuatu swap in the last couple of weeks. Uh, Olakuatu is just expensive enough that it's a bit of a pain in the bum buying him now. But with Aloe gone for 12 weeks, Kapow also out this week, we're looking at a really, really thin manly side. Personally, I think we're going to see the debut of Ben Trebojevic this week. Ooh, that'd be exciting. Yeah, so I, I don't think they can go into the game with... Moses Suli and Cade Cuss both on the bench. Although Suli's big enough to, to play in the forwards, I don't necessarily think he's going to. Although it could be interesting bringing him on in that roving, yeah. like, lock, well, Pappenhausen role, but he's 110 kilos. Well, maybe he does, like, the Tommy Talao and plays on the edge and, like, Hamole moves into the middle or something like that. Yeah, it's definitely possible. But, you know, I, I, I reckon if there was a chance for Burbo, it will be this week. So, yeah. mate, uh, outside of that, Chewy's... Going all right. I don't know if he's a final team keeper, though. So hmm. what's your sort of feelings on him at the moment? <laughs> I think this is the uh, the third week in a row you've asked me this. And uh, my thoughts have been relatively the same that I don't think he's a keeper, but I think he's the last guy in your team I'm probably trading out because yeah. you know, he covers half an edge. He's close to a reliable 50. I mean, like he's not... Uh, you know, a, t- a tackle bot 50 each week like some other guys. But he's, he's one of these guys that uh, he's going to get you uh, somewhere between a low 40s and a, and a 60s type of score. Um, yeah, oh, I mean, uh, he doesn't look like a sell, like an urgent sell any time within the next month for mine. Maybe if you uh, want to target some, you know, a keeper um, in a couple of weeks, then I could see why you want, what might want to move him on. But... Yeah, for mine, I'm just happy to plug him into my team and have him fill that position while everyone else around him gets injured. <laughs> Good stuff. And, um, mate, I guess the last one for the Manly side is uh, Jake Tolboyevich is back by the looks. <laughs> yeah, he finally had a decent score for once. He actually decided to tackle uh, against Penrith for a change. Yep. Um, yeah, is he Is he one? I know you said no to Clemmer. What about uh, old Jakey Tolboy? Is he, is he on uh, your radar? If I was in a head-to-head league, he absolutely would be. Um, being that my main focus is I'm really targeting these round 13 by, he's not in my plans. But certainly for somebody that's looking for some great value, he's about 150k underpriced, I reckon, at the moment. So certainly worth a look. On the other side of the ball, Warriors with uh, Reese Walsh named at six, but uh, Harris Tavita been training in the halves. Um, and some interesting comments from Nathan Brown this week surrounding his, surrounding his role which highlights almost word for word exactly what we said last week about all the reasons why maybe we shouldn't be buying him. Uh, obviously, he got a really good score. Although, mate, if you watched that game and you weren't looking at the fantasy scores and I told you that he scored what he sc- like 50, what was it, 52 or 53, mm. would you have said that you thought it was should have been like 70? 
Yeah, I would have called that unders um, just based on that, the way he played. He, he was almost the best on ground if it wasn't for maybe Roger. Um, mm. He looked phenomenal. And, God, can we just, can we just like, cancel Nathan Brown? Like, <laughs> I'm just, just sick of him. How do you not have Reese Walsh in the team? Like, I know he's, uh, he's only 18, but, God damn, he looks so ready to, for, for first grade. And, yep. yeah, he's just tearing teams apart at the moment. He looks a natural. Yeah, no, I don't. I, yeah. I have my ideas around um, – I, I, I've been very explicit with my thoughts around my uh, beliefs around Nathan Brown's coaching. So, um, yeah, no, mate, I, I have no doubt in my mind that he's going to end up in a number 14 jersey for most of this year, uh, which is, yeah. I, I mean, you know, I didn't get him. Was I watching last week having regrets? Yes. Like, going, oh, man, what have I stuffed up? And then seeing he got almost the same score as him, but – you know, his job security feels a lot better to me. Even last week when I sort of saw that he got his chance, I was like, no, nah, he's he's never – he's going to just win it from here. So that sort of played out exactly what I thought. Um, mate, Josh Curran as well as the other one. So he's got three really good scores in his three or four really good scores now. I guess it's four, isn't it? Yeah, some, some that's one of the two. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so he's he's been really, really good. Certainly I would say – nearing the end of the time that you would be looking to buy him. But also um, Katoa back with Murdoch Masilla out. Uh, this is a danger game for uh, for Curran in terms of potentially being outplayed by Katoa and losing his spot. Mm, yeah, that, that risk is certainly there. Um, that said, I think Curran and Murdoch Masilla are, are sort of similar guys. You know, like they're both that uh, battering ram, like attacking stat guy. Um I, I don't think it's too. Like, I, I don't know. I, I think if you're buying, if you want to buy a car, and it's it's this week or never. Um, mm-hmm. Like he's still he's still probably got 150, maybe 200k left to make. Uh, and, and if you've got him already, you're obviously laughing. But yeah, I, I feel like this could be the last week. Um, because I mean, we saw what he he got a 48 against the Cowboys, had a try assist and a, and a line break assist. But it, I mean, his break st- his base stats are, are quite good. Like he's getting over 40 tackles uh, a game most weeks. So, yep. yeah. Uh, we've, mate, we've also got you and Aitken down there in the reserve. Sounds like he might come into the centres and push probably Rocco Berry out. Um, and the last thing I want to say before we move on is I want to host an official retirement ceremony for Jazz Tavanga. Oh, yeah. He's, oh, yeah. Another one for Nathan Brown. He's, he's not playing Jazz uh, particularly big minutes, is he? And we've got Vanilla Blake due back. Sometime in the coming weeks. So, well, yeah. the good, I think that's actually a thing, a good thing, a, pl- a plus in Brownie's column because Jazz is absolutely a liability. He's great for fantasy, mm-hmm. but he's just not. He's an absolute liability on the field from a footy sense. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's probably a good move from him. And I won't be surprised if when Fanua Blake comes back, Reese Walsh is the fourteen and Tavanga's not in that side. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So you, th- I you think, think, uh... I think he's going to be dropped? Ooh, I mean, well, two to three weeks. Well, if that's the case, he's a must-have for your Queensland Cup fantasy team. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, last game of the round, uh, Dragons, another one who are in a bit of trouble with injury. Cody Ramsey's been named, but he's really struggling with a broken rib, I think. So I have to imagine the other fee guy is going to come onto that wing. Uh, Zach Lomax is out. He's had surgery on his busted finger. Thank you for uh, taking him down. Yeah, uh, no, you're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome, mate. <laughs> Moose played 80 minutes despite having uh, Alvaro only play 29 minutes, which was lovely for everybody that played Alvaro this week. Uh, so he looks ready to sell. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, his, his role, in, unfortunately, his minutes have decreased. So I don't think he's a guy that you can hold through to round 13, just given that he's going to start losing your money versus a guy like Stefano, even though his break-even is like 35, he's probably going to be scoring 35 the majority mm-hmm. of weeks. Um, so I, I think he, Stefano versus Alvaro, like in terms of hold sell, I think Alvaro is definitely a sell versus Stefano is a guy that if you wanted to, you could hold till round 13. Um, yep. But yeah, Alvaro definitely trying to say goodbye to the polar bear, unfortunately. Yep. I'm moving both of them on this week, so look for them to have really good scores. <laughs> uh, on the other side of the ball, I don't think there's anyone else here. Ben Hunt had an absolute nightmare on his way back. So um, if he can, if the Dragons can find some form, he might be an interesting buy post-Origin as well if he's going to strip off that cash. Mm. Uh, and just uh, for, for anyone that's not named Ryan, um, uh, chuck uh, Zach Lomax straight onto your watch list. I think he's going to be a great buy once he's back um, and once oh. he drops some more money. Yep. Uh, Nick Kotrick had a pretty decent score. I don't really want to spend too much time talking about him, but Avarillo's going absolutely ham. Uh, mm. He looks to be settled into that role. Mate, for anyone that doesn't own Avarillo, uh, you don't have Avarillo either, do you? No, I don't. I've got all the injured centers, mate. Yeah, okay. At 476, he's a pretty much the same price as Lomax. Is that someone that you'd look at? I mean, yeah. I, he certainly looks like a keeper, doesn't he? He's, he's uh, really upped in terms of, uh, like, stats and stuff like that and he's really starting to get it together in terms of um, attacking stats too uh, I think maybe just keep an eye on maybe uh, Lachlan Lewis lurking in reserves but that said like I've realized been playing well I don't know why why he drop out of the side either no yeah no I, he's an interesting one he doesn't fit in any of my plans because I only buy guys like Sini with bad <laughs> haircuts I've realized haircuts too good for my team but uh He's certainly an interesting one. I'm kind of having regrets I didn't jump on him when he came back uh, in that first week with the, all the kick meters, but it is what it is. Uh, mm. Certainly, if you, obviously, if you have him, you're laughing all the way to the bank, and if you don't have him, he's kind of an interesting, but he's kind of an awkward price as well. You can spend a little bit more and get a Bradman Best or someone like that that's playing round 13. So. Yeah. Uh, I think that's about it. We want to just jump into the questions. Yeah, let's uh, get him over and done with all right, uh, so uh, let's do the Instagram ones first, seeing as uh, we better look after them, seeing as Rob stuffed them around last week. Bloody interns. Uh, thoughts on Curran and TPJ? Um, yeah, I, I think we touched on Curran. If you want to buy him, it's this week or never. Uh, I, th- I think he's a safe buy. Uh, I don't know. I, I think I'd rate his job security fairly good and, that role is in fairly good. Um, but, yeah, I think it's this week or never. And, and Pangai for mine, he looks uh, – yeah, he, he looks like a keeper. Um, again, to go back to what you spoke about in the very early rounds of the season, that these uh, big tackle-busting, offloading edge players are the ones that are going to benefit from these new rules. And it seems to me that Tavita fits that mould. And he loves a turnover too. Uh, he got three last week, and I don't think that's um, – it's not a coincidence. No, no, it's not. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he had like a 50% turnover rate for the majority of the season, given that you know, he's a big guy, he's a hard hitter, and he's going to be playing some smaller guys on that edge. Yep. Uh, so he's going to be running at either Clifford or Drinkwater this week, so that can only bode well for his and, attacking uh, play. And Ben Condon too, I think. Yep. Um, mate, uh, all right. So uh, thinking of getting Brimson this week in for Laurie, uh, don't we do, need to improve wing fullbacks? What Laurie was more cover? Is it better to save the trade to improve in another position? 
Yeah, I, I think it's worth saving the trade and improving another position. Like we just saw Laurie score 69. He's averaging 45. Like you're probably only gaining, what, maybe five points there? I'm, I'm not 100% sure this trade isn't backwards even. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's certainly sideways if not backwards. So, yeah, definitely don't do that one. I'd be uh, I'd be saving that trade, particularly considering how uh, valuable people are. Uh, people are churning through trades like crazy at the moment. So, yeah, and, um, and Laurie's, Laurie's break even is only twenty five. So if he averages forty five for the next three weeks, he's still got another fifty k to make too. Yep, I'd be hanging on to him till at least round fourteen. Yep. Uh, thoughts on Cini, Gamble, and Crossland. Uh, so we've covered the first two of them. Uh, Crossland, I'm not mucking around with you. One to three weeks on Blake Green with the rib, no, no go for you. Yeah, no. Put a line through him. Definitely take a look at Gamble or um or Cini. Yeah, just put a red, big red line through Crossland. Yeah, if he didn't need, uh, being that I'm going to have both of them, uh, if he didn't need the center and you could do either one of those two, which one would you go for? Oh. oh. I mean, if position doesn't matter, I'd probably go Gamble. But that said, like. Who doesn't need a, a, a centre this year? <laughs> like, yeah, there's, there's plenty of good halves floating around. Like you said, we've got Fogarty, yeah. Moses, Cleary, Schuster, Sam Walker. Mm. Uh, you can't not have a surplus of halves this year, so I'd probably be leaning to the tougher position, which is the centre. Exactly. Yep. Uh, got none, no one to cover Hampton in the centres and only got 28K in the bank. Should I trade Hampton or Roberts, who's in my emergencies, and who should I trade them for? Uh, um, well, Orsini is the obvious one. It's just a matter of which one do you want to get rid of. I, 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 like we know Roberts has probably gone for a month and Hampton it's worse, It's best case a month and worst case 10 weeks plus. What I would suggest to you is it might be worth uh, doing uh, Hampton to Sini and holding on to Roberts for a couple of weeks. And the reason for that is pretty simple. So when Roberts comes back, that's the time that Sini might lose his spot. So if you're then still holding Roberts, you're taking the guy who's going to be in the spot instead and then you just sell Sini instead of Roberts. Whereas, you know, if you sell Roberts and then you have Sini for two weeks and then Roberts comes back and takes Sini's spot, which I don't think will happen, but let's say it does, you're then spending two trades on a position that you're not making enough money out of. So, yeah, yeah I'd, I'd just hang on to Roberts for the next couple of weeks, see what happens between Roberts and Sini. And then when Sini hangs on to the spot and Roberts is back and somebody else is knocked out, then trade Roberts to somebody else. Yep. Would be my go. Um, is Kurt Mann worth the investment until the end of the Origin slash buy round? Uh, so I think we sort of covered this earlier. Probably prefer Fogarty or, I mean, if you got an extra 100K Moses. Yeah, I, I definitely have Fogarty above Mann just given that. You don't have to trade him out, um, I, and man is going to go backwards once uh, Green's back. Oh, sorry, not Green. Once uh, Pierce is back in the side. Yep. Um, same, similar question. We've got no one to cover Hampton centers, and oh no, it's the exact same question. Never mind. Um, all right, that's that's it for the Instagram questions. Uh, moving along to the Twitter. Uh, uh, have I missed some boat on Curran's money making? I think we've covered that. Um, and also, is CHN still a good option if we assume he doesn't get 20 demerit points every week? <laughs> yeah, I think he's a good option. I, I spoke about this briefly earlier. Um, I, I even said this last week when we were talking about um, CHN that 
he is a roller coaster. Uh, don't ex- and I, I think my explicit words were don't expect consistent fifties. Um, that said, I still think he's going to average in the mid forties uh, for a for a season long average. So, and if that's the case, he's he's probably got two hundred k to make. So, yeah, yeah, still a good still a good buy. What's the uh, what's the price difference between Harawira and uh, Naira uh, and Curran? Because I'm guess the next question is which if you could buy either of them now. So you got Harawira and Naira at three fifty five and Curran would be what four hundred. Yeah, three ninety three. So it's uh, yeah, what 30, 30, yeah, thirty eight k. So three points average. Do you think Karen averages three points or more, more than Harawira and Ira moving forward? I mean, it's tough to say. It's really tough to say because Karen is going to be a lot more consistent in his in his scoring. He's probably going to be getting more, uh, you know, mid forties to low fifty scores versus Harawira and Ira. His his average moving forward is entirely dependent on his ceiling because. We've seen 30, which I think is close to his floor under these current rules, and um, we know he's capable of a, of a big 70-plus score too. So uh, I think um, I think they're going to be fairly similar in my mind. Yeah, I'd probably lean to Curran just because he's going to be a bit more consistent. What you want to do is get him, smash the cash, and then move him to a keeper. If you're really, really lucky, he'll score well enough and Madison will score bad enough for the next couple of weeks. You can ride him all the way up to Maddo and then sell him in round 13. If you're really lucky. Hmm. Um, all right. John Bowden. I think he emails us every, or asks every single week. So, hello, John. Um, got a trade question this week. Uh, have Alex Johnson, Lenny, and Simmonson. Who would you trade out this week and for which replacements? Any cheap, cheapies you like the look of? Uh, I am curious about how you ended up with Alex Johnson in the first place. But you've, already, <laughs> you've got him now, so... Uh, let's see if we can perform some surgery and help you out. Um, of those three, I would be inclined to hold on to Lenio, I think, uh, just for reasons we sort of discussed earlier. Although, what did Simmonson do? I heard something about him moving back to the left this week. Yeah, he moved. I think he. I think they switched. Um, I think they switched mid-game because South's uh, left edge was just destroying the Raiders' right edge. So they moved Simmonson and Rapana around like mid-game, I'm fairly certain. Right, okay. Because his last he, – it was unfortunate that he had that 14 in there because outside of that, everything's been 20-plus, which is not great. But I don't know, maybe I'm maybe – I'm, oh, no. Um it's amazing that a winger in a, in a side like the Raiders hasn't scored a try this year. Oh, the Raiders haven't been very good, though, have they? Uh, I definitely would be moving Alex Johnson, I think. It sounds like he's going to stay out on that wing. Um, mm. So he's at 418K. Uh, Johnson to Cini, I think, is a pretty easy move. Um, I, I mean, you could even consider rolling out Simmonson this week if you need a wing fullback, but I'm hoping that you have better options than that. Um, yeah, or, I mean, if you don't need a wing fullback... I mean, um, plethora. You, like you've got your car in there who's well, 20k cheaper. You could always do something like uh, like Lenu to Sini and then Johnson to Brimson if you wanted something like that. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Um, yeah, something like that would, would work, I think. Um, yeah, let's do that. What he, <laughs> what he said. Uh, can I, if I can get Papali, should I do it or go for the value in Pangai? I can get Pangai and Moses or Man and Papali. I think I'd do the first one there. I'd go Pangai and um, what was this? Moses. Uh, Moses, yeah. I'd probably do Pangai and Moses in my mind. 
Or would you do Pangai and Fogarty and spend the hundred k somewhere else? <laughs> yeah, that that too. That's an equally uh, good option. Or maybe I've just got a man crush on Fogarty. I like him scoring low sixties too much. No, I like Fogarty as well. I would recommend doing Pangai and Fogarty and spending the hundred k on something else. Charles, mm-hmm. uh, any truth to the rumor uh, that Ryan and yourself are going the way of Bill and Melinda Gates and breaking up after I cheated on him with TK? <laughs> No, um, we're going through counselling. Uh, no, we're, our relationship is stronger than ever after it, mate. Don't you worry. <laughs> yeah, I'm, don't believe don't believe the rumours. Monogamy is for chumps, anyway. <laughs> I've heard that. <laughs> uh, is it too late to bring in Josh Curran? Uh, no, but it's this week or never. I think. Yeah, agreed. Yep. Um, so we've got a general question here. Uh, how do we work out points for the player that's currently priced at? How does it work? I'm trying to work out if any of my cows have peaked. So um, I'll cover this and then you add anything if you want to, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So, mate, the first thing you need to do is go and find a player who hasn't played a game yet this year. Um, so, for example, Cam McInnes uh, and take his price, which is 972000 I'm going to do this right now while I'm live so I can make sure that this is actually working the way I think it's going to work. <laughs> and divide it by his break even, which is 78. Uh, which gets you to 12,461. So that's the price per point. Mm. And, and I think it's important to note there that these break evens have moved for guys that haven't played. Like, I, I'm pretty sure McInnes' break even at the start of the year was like 70, was low 70s. Like, it was like 72, something yeah. like that. So you, you can see the effect that some of these guys like Cleary have had. Yeah. So the, this, uh, the price per point, the number that we, it, we refer to it as the magic number, the magic number is based on. The the players, all of the players that scored fantasy points over the last like five rounds combined with what their price was. So typically what you find is there's some sort of algorithm and I don't know exactly what it is and I don't really care. Um, but uh, basically uh, the more, if cheap players are scoring more points, the price per point is worth less. So it's kind of like um, if you, uh, you know, like Zimbabwe, how they just started producing a bunch of currency that wasn't legal and they just started printing out $100 notes and giving them out to people. The value of a $100 note goes down because everybody's getting $100 notes. So everything goes up in price. Same sort of thing with this. So if everybody that's cheap is scoring lots and lots of fantasy points, like at the start of the year, we had, you know, all these all these cash cows that were going absolutely bonkers like uh, Jaden Braley. Uh, and Cleary outstri- even outstripping his as well. All that combines into uh, making it uh, wonky. But the base one is typically around 13 and a half, uh, somewhere in there, start of season. So, mate, I expect that to iron out. But, um, yeah, I'd probably use just use 13,000 a point or 12,500 a point at the moment, roughly. Yeah, nice, spot on. Bit of hyperinflation at the moment, the Zimbabwe yeah. <laughs> reference. <laughs> the Zimbabwean dollar is not what it used to be, that's for sure. Um. Mate, I think that's it for the Twitter. Uh, so we might jump onto the uh, the loyal Facebookers for last. So, uh, mate, uh, are we playing Stefano or Simkin this week? Ooh, um, I think Simkin. Uh, if you can't loop, um, I think Stefano is probably a, a safe thirty-five versus Simkin. I sort of think his floor is thirty, but you've got the upside there for more, given uh, you know, any potential role changes. Like if if he's playing in the middle or little little is playing in the middle, something like that. Yeah, I'd probably just roll Simkin out there if you can't do a loop. Hmm. Uh, Neo to a cash out and Alvaro to Man Clemmer Brimson. 
and bank the cash and grab or bank the cash and grab Curran uh, with round 13 in mind. So I guess the question is, uh, so Niu, assuming we're going Niu to Sini, mm-hmm. uh, and then Alvaro to 600K or less, basically. Well, again, uh, you mentioned Man there, but I think we've got Fogarty ahead of him. So, I mean, if you don't have Fogarty, I'd consider him. Um, I, I guess maybe if you need, because Alvaro's a mid, if you need a mid, then Clemmer, I think, is, is good as well. Yep. Uh, Brimson, if you need a wing fullback. I don't hate Curran, but I just, I, I, I with round 13 in mind, plus um, I just, I don't feel confident about anything that Nathan Brown does. Hmm. Uh, ben Hampton and Alvaro. That's too many options, bruh. Um, Hampton and Alvaro to Cini and Dewey or Alvaro and Capewell to Brimson and Opachik. I already hate the second one. Um, if I go the Dewey trade, I'll have five Tigers players, uh, that, which is never a, never go full Tigers. Um, <laughs> I really wanted Opachik and love the value buy in Brimson. Cape was going to be a sell due to origin. Alvaro is making him look like a sell. Um, no, I really like Sini, mate. I definitely think you should roll with Sini uh, as your center. Uh, yeah. But there's yeah. nothing to say you can't go Sini and Brimson. Yeah, exactly. Bank the cash and upgrade later on. Yeah. Uh, Obachik's uh, going to – he's a, a, been a beneficiary of the flat track, I think. Mm. Yeah, I heard you talking about the Eels' uh, flat track bully <laughs> nature at the moment. Yeah. Uh, funny, though, um, we assume that Moses goes into that, and and footy-wise he does, but fantasy-wise he still gets the base stats even in a tough matchup. So yeah. I do like him, though. Uh, so losing Hamptons means I'm down a centre again and I've also lost my coverage. Uh, take the hit for one week and hope Momo gets picked or take someone like Sini this week. Uh, I think uh, see above. Yeah. Uh, I, I, even if... Um... Like regardless of position, like even if you didn't need a center, I, I still think Cena is a decent cash cow. Yep, and Hampton's a sell. So yeah, spot on. Uh, well, I guess we'll come back to that one. Uh, Radley and Hampton to Arrow and Crichton. Um, I don't know if I do Radley to Arrow. Oh, as that in feels sideways to me. As in Stephen Crichton. Yeah. Hmm. Um, how much is Crichton now? I think he's what fourth thirty. Yeah, about the same price as Hampton. He's, he's four fifty. Um, I mean, Brian Kelly's what, like twenty k cheaper now than Zach Sini. <laughs> <laughs> repeating Rad- that. Just keep repeating that name. Zach Sini. Uh, um, Radley to Arrow feels sideways to me. What do you reckon? Especially with no um, Lindsay Collins. Yeah, I mean, how how disappointing has Radley been? Unfortunately, this Very. year, but um, he's got to come good at some point. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you'd hope so. Uh, he's certainly going to have the role, isn't he? He's, he's not going to go backwards uh, in terms of minutes. It's just can his points get back to where we've seen him in the past? Yeah. If I was you, mate, Tom, my recommendation is for you to go Radley, if you are dead set on trading Radley, Radley and Hampton to Zach Sini and David Clemmer. Much better. Uh, considering round 13, Origin Beyond, I'm looking at Jerome Hughes or Mitch Moses. Uh, which one is the potential keeper and which one is the pretender and why? You mm. have this one? Well, I mean, we've seen what Moses has done in the past. Uh, we're gonna, I'm going to use that magic word again, pedigree. Um, we know that he is uh, a keeper, I guess, with Hughes. Uh, he's definitely got the potential to be a keeper. I, I just think with him, he's going to be more of a roller coaster. 
uh, you know, like we've, we've seen in his game, like in the first five weeks of the season, he's, he, what, he had a 37 in there, a 45, a 37. But then he comes out with his 85s and a 78, so and then a 73. So he's definitely um, like a, a chance to, to be a keeper. But again, like he's 726K now, like <laughs> just get a Fogarty for, for 130K less. Yeah. Um, do you remember last year when somebody was trying to convince us all that uh, Hughes was a keeper after a run of really good scores and then he fell off a cliff? No, I don't remember that. That's, uh, I, that's, I, that's do. I do. He had the wing fullback duel then, so he was even better again. Uh, okay. Uh, I want to say, sorry, Kyle, if it's you, I'm pretty sure it was Kyle Lomas, but um, <laughs> yeah, but if it wasn't you, I apologize, uh, but I'm pretty sure it was you. Yeah. Uh, well, so in short, uh, we got um, Moses or Fogarty if you don't have Fogarty even. Yeah, or well, because um, like even looking at Hughes' scores last year, he was a roller coaster last year too. So do you really want to be paying seven hundred thirty k for a guy that could score you twenty one week and like sixty five the next? Like he's yeah, you, you're gonna you're gonna be buying a guy that's not consistent. I'd much rather a guy like Moses or Fogarty. Yeah, if you're really considering Jerome Hughes, just buy Anthony Milford and save two hundred k. Um, he's just Anthony Milford that plays for a good team. Yeah. Uh, best option out of Barnett, Frizzell, Madison, or are there cheaper, good options like Koala, Jerbo, better bets? Um, I think Madison's the best option, but you can just wait another week or two on him and get him for like 50K cheaper or 40K cheaper. Um, what, are you, what are your thoughts there? Yep. No, I agree. Uh, I wouldn't be rushing to get any of them this week. If you do need somebody this week and you're absolutely tied to that, uh, probably be looking. I wonder if you can afford Pangai. Yeah, well, if you can afford Frizzell, you can afford Pangai. So get Pangai. Mm, done. Yep, sold. And if you already got Pangai, um, I don't hate Barnett. Yeah, so, no, Bar- Barnett's been quite good, hasn't he? Yeah, no chance of origin, pretty consistent. Uh, if you can wait and go for Matto, though, I, I think I prefer that. Well, maybe you could just grab Matto this week and ride a price rise out of two. Anything after this week is ultimately us being greedy on Matto. Mm. Yeah, he's already 700K, isn't he? Yeah. So uh, in a spot to trade the Jet to Gamble, Walsh, or Sini, leaning towards Gamble in a head-to-head league where I'll take the W no matter what I do. Never say guaranteed on those W's in head-to-head. <laughs> um, mate, uh, I guess it leads back to a question we had earlier and it comes back to um, centres versus halves and which one's more important to you. Yeah, I think it's the same question as last time, isn't it? That's like if position doesn't matter, I'd rather gamble. But the way that centres been playing out this year, I, I don't think having <laughs> an extra centre is ever going to be a bad thing because uh, it seems like they're all getting injured or suspended week to week. Correct. Uh, Isaiah Papali'i and Tyson Gamble or Tavita Pangai and Turbo. Uh, option one leaves me some money in the bank. Option two, Pangai scares me because of the inconsistency. Have no fear, Padawan. Yep. I would float to you if you're an overall player. Um, now you can, instead of Turbo, get Brimson. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, Turbo's better, I think, and it's very enjoyable owning him, but... He's uh you could antipod him this week. I'll shout out to uh Byron from OTL who's antipodding Turbo with Brimson. Um and he uh is pretty smart at fantasy usually, so uh it might be a goer. Um but uh 
yeah, I don't know, I'm sure he'd like to own Turbo, but he actively anti-potted him last week. So um, it's it's certainly a, a strategy if you're interested in in something like that. Uh, 5K shorter going Alvaro and O'Sullivan to TPJ and Cini. Oh, that's a crying face for you. Mm, Sorry, okay. Jorge. Uh, would you roll the dice with TPJ and Musgrove or Will Chambers? No. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave TPJ out, get Cini and Fogarty or Moses. Yeah, no, that the second one. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get Will Chambers. Would oh, you? God. Honestly. Oh, I'm just vomiting on my keyboard. <laughs> Honestly, if you want Will Chambers, just uh, save yourself 10K and get Pussa Tour. <laughs> You'll get the same scores. Just take a, take a red dot, bro. Yeah, yeah no, definitely. Um, we're not making fun of you, by the way. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming that's Jorge. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, definitely uh, definitely rolling with uh, yeah. Fogarty and Cini and, and uh, Bank the 89K. Yeah, do yeah, do that. Uh, yeah, I was just laughing at Chambers because just yeah, he's, <laughs> he's a just dud. so bad. He got he scored six last week. Yeah, if he got fantasy points for being a knob, he'd be an elite <laughs> keeper, but he doesn't. If he got fantasy points for third tackle uh, kicks, like if that was like a ten point oh, play, yeah. he'd, he'd be a keeper. Yep. Uh, is it time to cash out Stefano and Welch? Sure. Yeah, uh, you you certainly can. Yep, uh, Moses or Pengai. Uh. Oh, I mean, I'm le- I'm leaning Pangai just because of how hard mid edges to fill versus half. Um, but I'm, I'm I'd probably say Moses. Honestly, I, honestly, I've probably got him priced about the same um, yep. moving forward. Yeah. Uh, the correct answer is if you don't have Jamal Fogarty, him. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, I probably prefer Pangai because of the position. Um, but I think Moses maybe averages like one or two points more. Long term, but that's not a guarantee though either. So, mm. but then Moses is almost certainly not playing Origin, and Pangai's twenty percent. So, if you if you're flipping a coin and that's your only deciding factor, maybe Moses. But yeah, I'd probably try to go Fogarty if you don't have him. Uh, if Munster gets a rest during Origin. Do we think Nico Hines or Riley Jacks will cover for him? Um, oh, I mean, I tend to believe that if Munster's getting rested, they're going to probably replace him with a half, would be my oh, Heinz, guess. Heinz played half. Yeah, I, I suppose you're right. But, I mean, at the same time, like, what's the uh, what's the uh, the question behind this question? Is he saying he wants to buy Heinz? I think so. <laughs> um, I think if you didn't buy Heinz the first week, Pat yeah. was out, don't touch him. Yep. Um, two words for you, bro. Zaxini. Um, how many trades are we looking to have come round 18 and would you hold on to positional reserve keepers playing round 17 like Schuster and CHN? I don't think either of those guys are keepers, but I understand what you're getting to. So Mm -hmm. um, I guess the short answer is coming out of the origin period, how many trades uh, would you like to have, Ryan? I mean, I'd like to have around like the 8 to 10 mark, but in reality I'll probably have about two after all the injuries that we've got. Um, but uh, yeah, ideally, I'd probably want to have about ten with about sixteen of my final seventeen. I'd say yeah, ten's a really good number if you can come out of Origin as an overall player with ten. Yeah, um, I, I guess I guess like I'm not really an overall player. Like my main focus is head to head. So those like round thirteen, seventeen, I don't plan on trading. So I guess it might be a bit different for me versus you. 
Yep. Now, as an overall player, I'm hoping to have, but just by the way that I've actually pre sort of structured and and I've brought in a lot of guys around thirteen guys as part of my standard sort of trade plans at, intentionally. Um, I've got. I should get to my team that I'm planning on rolling with with 13 trades between now and the end of the year for injuries. So assuming there'll be three or four of those between now and uh, at least. But I've got positional cover everywhere and, you know, a fair bit of depth with guys that I'm happy to – like I've held Momorowski, I've held Pappenhausen, uh, and I'm, I'm being very patient and uh, monk-like with my, uh, with my trades. <laughs> I uh, have both Campbell Graham and Ben Hampton, as well as Alvaro, who's probably a sell, 382K in the bank, looking at Peachy for Graham and then deciding whether to move Alvaro or Hampton and who for will have to play either Lenny or Simonson either way. Um, I mean, I, I guess I'm in a similar position here, given that uh, Graham and, and Lomax aren't that different price-wise and they're both out for, uh, what, Graham's out for about four weeks, isn't he? Yeah, yes. I think. Yeah, so they're both out for a similar amount of time. I, I mean, personally, if I was in that position, I'd be moving Hampton and Alvaro and probably holding Graham. But yeah, that's actually a good idea. I, I honestly, I had not even considered that, but I really like that. Yeah, because I, I, I think that's what I'm doing this week. I'm moving on Hampton, and I'm probably just going to hold Lomax. I think. Yeah. So um, if you got, let's say you got here, can we do something like? Alvaro and Hampton for Zach Sini and Tyrone Peachy uh, and mm. use Peachy as the – use Sini in the centres in the short term and play Peachy and it might even give you the ability to, to biff either – like both of those other two duds, um, doing it that way and then Sini becomes your uh, bench sort of cover and then you have Peachy and Campbell Graham as your keeper centres. Yeah, like that. That's a perfect way. Once you eventually get another keeper mid in, yeah. Yep. Nah. So I. That's the. Uh, so yeah, Sini and uh, Peachy. I love. TBJ, the real deal, or are we buying a player at value? Uh, James, I don't want to hear your negativity, mate. <laughs> I, I don't think he's at value. I, I think he's actually a little bit undervalued currently. Oh, absolutely. I think he's five points underpriced still. Yeah. Yep. Um. With all the murmurings, and this comes, I, I'm going to make this our last question. Oh no, I've got a couple more, so I better, uh, I better do these ones first. Uh, oh God, man, that's that's a big question, MLS. Uh, Isaiah Papali, Ehas, TBJ, Clem, Grub, which is Moose, um, Josh McGuire, Arrow, Colomatungi, anyone else you can think of of the mids. Um, so. Uh, he needs a sub 350k wing fullback. Oh, mate, that's really complex, that question. Uh, okay, so part one, uh, who are we holding out of Alvaro, Stefano, or Hampton? I think Stefano is the hold there for me. Yep. Uh, and you can get uh, an expensive keeper and a really cheap wing fullback or a sort of a mid-price, like a Clemmer type guy with a guy like Brimson. Um, um, which way are you heading with that? Well, I mean, what cheap wing fullbacks are there other than Walsh? So unless you want to do that headache to yourself, you I mean, unless you've got a dual position guy that you can get Sini and, and move into your wing fullback. But if you don't if you're not in that position, you're you're sort of stuck getting Walsh, which is another headache all to itself. So um yeah. Yeah. I'd be rolling probably like 
um, I'd probably look at Clemmer or TPJ and Brimson if you can if you can swing that. Obviously, mm. preferably Pangai, but if it's um, if you can swing Pangai and Brimson, that would be my preferable result. I think. Yeah, and if you can't manage that, then Clemmer's a, a fine alternative. I, I think we're not looking at Josh McGuire, are we? No, I I I'd just rather go Clemmer for thirty k less. Like Maguire's PPM just it's it's not great. Like he needs uh, consistently close to eighty minutes. Um, yeah, he's, he's just and he's not he's <laughs> he's not great either. <laughs> no, no, and he's not fun to own either. So no, it's not like a Bryce Cartwright where you enjoy your time when you own him either. So you love or hate it. He's just a he's a jag, just a guy. So uh, Murray to Papali and Hampton to Stephen Crichton. Um, I kind of hate it. Yeah, um, I, I'm not too. I, I don't think Crichton is the ideal keeper centre. Um, no. you, you keep well, on. He's not, a, he's not a keeper. Yeah, exactly. I'd rather take a punt on like a Brian Kelly for 30k less. Um, but I mean, you keep on talking Zaxini, Zaxini, Zaxini. Mate, if, if you're not interested in Zaxini and you don't support blokes with bad haircuts, um, can I recommend to you that you do like Bradman Best and Pangai instead? Mm. I feel like that would be a much better use of funds or you know something like that I think is a much better way of going about things personally. But, um, yeah, you should be able to swing it if you can do that. So, yeah, Pangai and Bradman Best. But, yeah, I'd be rolling with Sini personally, I, I think. Sini and Crichton will probably churn out very similar scores. Um, Moses versus Man. Fogarty. Fogarty. <laughs> but if you have to pick one, just between Moses. those two, I'd, I'd take Moses. Uh, yeah. Uh, with all the murmurings of Josh Hodgson getting the axe, is Starling the cut price keeper we don't need, or we need, but we don't deserve? <laughs> uh, yeah, because I saw that uh, Hodgson's. Uh, resign from the captaincy. Um, that's probably because he's no. I mean, good. that's a good point. Uh, oh god, because when's when's Hodgson due back from injury? I, like, I'd love to know that. Yeah, Next okay. Week. I, I, I think you, you're better off just waiting because if Starling isn't starting and playing, you know, big minutes, he's he's not a keeper, um, mate. If you if your balls are like. Really, really big. And I'm not talking like slightly larger than average. I'm talking like, you know, if Bryce Cartwright is a, a like a 4 out of 10 on the risk scale, Starling's like a 9.6 out of 10 on the risk mm. scale, right? But, you know, if you just think, you know, Hodgson's washed and, you know, some idiots like the Broncos are going to snag or the Bulldogs are going to snag him mid-season and, um, and Starling's going to get a run, um, Now's the time, but I uh, I don't I wouldn't recommend it, but I'd love to, I'd love to see it happen. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, Randy in South Park with his his giant balls just bouncing around like that's what yeah <laughs> that's what you got to have yeah no it's it's way too way too out there for me I I love it I'd love to see it happen I like I would, nothing would make me happier than than that than that coming to fruition but I just can't uh, I can't see it happening. Final question, and I'm going to direct this straight to you, Ryan. Mm-hmm. Uh, your girlfriend wants to know if the season is almost <laughs> done. <yet. laughs> no, uh, sorry, love. You're still going to have to wait a couple more months. 
<laughs> yeah. The good news is this podcast is over. Yes. And um, it's, uh, so it's pretty late on a Wednesday night. So I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to not edit this at all. I'm just going to slap it straight up for you. So hopefully you enjoyed our short <laughs> one and a half hour podcast. That was funny. The first time talking leagues run over an hour is my bad influence, and they go an hour. And although, although, to be fair, we actually got our team list done pretty quickly. It was just we had a million questions this week. Yes, the uh, I'm I'm sensing a common denominator with these podcasts running mm. long. Though. Mm. All right. On that note, um, enjoy the footy tomorrow night, and um, look after your mum. Give her a big hug on Sunday. We're going to a uh, a German uh, barbecue type thing on Sunday afternoon, so that should be fun. Um, so, uh, yeah, so make sure you give your mum a big cuddle or buy her a present and, um, and yeah, and uh, if you don't have a, a mum, it's a wife or a sister or, you know, something, just, um, you know, make the mums feel loved on Sunday. <laughs> it sounds like you're giving, giving your mum a bratwurst. <laughs> oh, oh, careful. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Love you guys.